This is Law for Community Workers on the Go, a podcast for community and health workers. We would like to begin by acknowledging that this episode was recorded and made on Gadigal land. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and pay our respects to elders past and present. We acknowledge that this is Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be. Nala is just another piece in the puzzle. Um, it gets us closer to delivering on our centre's vision, which is access to justice for us all. Um, technology such as Nala, it, it can help, but it isn't a silver bullet. And I don't think there is a silver bullet. Um, so it's it's really about just you know adjusting different levers, creating options for clients. Yeah, so I guess ultimately what we're hoping to achieve, I suppose, is that when people, you know, have access to these type of online self-help tools, that it will enable more people, I guess, to resolve matters for themselves and in their own time. Have you heard about guided pathways, chatbots, online legal health checks? More and more legal services are using technology to develop online tools as a way to help manage the large demands on their services. But are these tools just artificial intelligence or are there real people behind them? Hello, my name is Kerry Wright. I work in the Legal Aid New South Wales Community Legal Education Team. In this episode, I chat to staff from Marrickville Legal Centre in Sydney and Legal Aid New South Wales Head Office about the technology they are integrating into their service delivery, why they developed their tools and which clients they believe will benefit and how. I start with Vasily, Chris and Jason from Marrickville Legal Centre. Marrickville Legal Centre has a tool on their website called Nala. Nala is a chatbot. When you log on to their website homepage, Nala offers help with two common legal problems, traffic offences and tenancy or strata issues. Let's hear what they have to say about Nala. Hi, Vasily. Hello there. So what's your role at Marrickville Legal Centre? Uh, I'm the Managing Principal Solicitor. And what prompted Marrickville Legal Centre to want Nala to join your team? Well, the basic idea behind Nala was to increase the response time for legal advice and consolidate the information. It's readily available online to an easily accessible medium. When I started in the role of Managing Principal Solicitor, there was an incredibly large bottleneck at our centre's intake. This is the first point of contact of people in our community wanting to contact our centre. I think we had about 300 voicemails in the previous calendar year. There were between 20 and 30,000 client calls. We're only able to process 10,000 of those calls. With volunteers staffing most of our intake, it's just not possible to meet this demand and clients were struggling to make contact. This was unacceptable and we need to do better. I really want to drive this point that there's an incredible amount of need out there in our community. There's crippling debt, convictions, loss of employment, family breakdowns, evictions. These are common matters that we deal with at our centre, but they're major life events for our clients. And without us there to assist in navigating a way through, these events can quickly become both overwhelming and incredibly disempowering. If we can't answer the phone, the reality is those in need have limited options on where else to go. And sadly, many simply stop trying to make contact. And this is where Nala can help, since she provides an opportunity to alleviate that demand at the front desk and then more efficiently assist with matters that would otherwise go through to advice clinics. And they're the types of matters that we refer to as high volume, low complex matters. Okay. I guess one of our key messages when we talk to people about their legal problems is to try and get legal help early. And what you're saying is people do that, but they can get frustrated when you have those bottlenecks. So Absolutely. 
with those legal problems that you've just identified, obviously traffic and tenancy are two of those. Are there plans to expand to other legal problems? Yeah, then I certainly are. Traffic was selected because, well, it, it's strict liability. Uh, it's an area of law where clients were often, you know, they, they weren't entering the appropriate place. So the idea was that if we could get the right legal information and advice to the clients early, it would avoid those matters escalating, which really meant, you know, going to court. The goal with NALA is to give clients the opportunity to obtain legal information and advice on their traffic matters prior to electing to take a matter to court. Now, this benefits clients, the courts, and our centre since it releases limited resources that can be focused on you know, more complex matters uh, and, and higher need clients. In relation to the expansion, that's certainly something we're looking at with motor vehicle accidents, employment, and of course, tenancy, which I think, Chris, you can probably speak to, uh, is another matter where there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, readily available and very helpful information out there. And it's about just consolidating that and bringing it into a form or a medium that clients can access easily. Okay, so Chris, do you want to speak about the tenancy part of NALA? Yeah, sure. So my name is Chris. I'm the operations manager at the centre. And the, the reason that we, we selected tenancy and strata was because combined those services make up, I think, is it roughly about 50% of the total services delivered for the centre. And a lot of those sessions that they have may not be just strict advice. It could be providing information to clients or tenants. And a lot of those would also be referring them to uh, your TU fact sheet. So that's the Tenants Union New South Wales uh, resources that they've generated and also just providing them with, say, template documents and letters, things that they can use to either negotiate or settle their issues with their uh, landlord. And so really it's about just giving them that information before they uh, either elect to have a callback or really giving them information that they can make the decision for themselves and, and determine that, no, I, I don't actually need to speak to a tenant advocate. I can proceed with this myself. Okay. What do you hope that NALA will do for your clients, Vasily? Look, NALA is about early intervention and it's ensuring clients are able to easily access legal information advice. Uh, so if a client's armed with the right information and advice early, uh, that they'll enter the appropriate plea and they'll make better informed decisions on how to proceed with their matters. Okay. And what about you, Chris? Yeah, it's really just equipping them with information. And it's also just like imparting value on every interaction that we have with the community and, and our clients and providing people with information before they even speak to one of our staff members can really kind of get more value out of the sessions when they do get advice because they have more specific questions to ask. They may want clarification on things that are within the fact sheets. And it's really avoiding that situation where a person comes in, they, they give an overview of what their matter is and and then they get just general advice on what the processes are. It's really making it specific for their needs and giving them the option of, of doing that. So, Vasily, do you think there is a risk that people may be put off accessing legal services if they have to use a chatbot like NALA first? Yes, and look, that's certainly something I want to emphasise. It's never our intention to force people to use NALA. What we wanted to do was provide options for clients, and NALA is certainly not designed to replace frontline services. The objective is to better triage so that the most critical matters are attended to first. And, you know, often, as Chris was touching on, it's just that legal information that they need, which is sufficient to empower them to then go on and uh, make those decisions themselves. Okay. Chris, I might actually bring you in now and just ask you who was involved in the building of NALA? Yeah, for sure. So originally when we, we planned, when we put the application together and, and planned this project, we uh, wanted to have just one staff member and a, 
a project management role with the developer, but we repositioned it after considering that we'd want to, I guess, retain a lot of the knowledge. So we found that you know, the most effective approach was to build a team uh, of MLC staff who retain all the knowledge and experience and the skills that they've gained over the duration of the project that could be applied to future technology projects. And did you use a test it with clients before you launched it? So in the initial sprints of the project, we decided that it would be a good idea to put the the bot online very fast. So this is before we named um, the bot Nala. And it was mainly to get information from clients very quickly so that we could perform intake and triage them because we had issues with the telephones. So this was another way of opening up that communication channel with, with clients. And what it meant is that we got to organically see how people would use chatbots and what type of information that would put in NALA and in their initial stages. And then so we used that information to then kind of inform the way in which we developed the, the traffic flows, as well as making sure that it got the right information from clients, as well as providing them with the right, I guess, wording, making sure that it, it wasn't interpreted as legal advice and using the resources that we generated and things that are already out in the sector. But that really did kind of assist us in terms of how clients would be using Nala in a final stage and really what information they'd be putting there, what questions they may ask and really just reconfiguring the the way in which those traffic flows and tenancy flows were set up. Okay. So you officially launched Nala in November 2020. So what has been the response from your clients? Yeah, so the response has been good. The key feedback that I'd like to highlight is that 62% of those reported sessions are rating Nala over four stars, uh, 93% are providing Nala with a rating of three and over, uh, 73.24% would otherwise contacted MLC by phone. Again, this is something that Vasily's touched on quite a bit is mm-hmm. you know, that there's a lot of phone calls coming to the centre and people trying to contact us through that way. And also we've, we've got 56% uh, saying that Nala had resolved their careers. And I think the thing with that kind of figure is to take into account that some of them may end, so the sessions would end with a client electing to speak to a solicitor or request a tenancy callback. So really they are getting more information and then from their perspective, it wouldn't be resolved. That figure would more likely correspond to people who have read information, determined that they know what they're going to do and then haven't requested for contact from the centre. Mm. Well, it's great to have that instant feedback. And does that uh, feedback give you an idea about whether it's mostly young people using it or any demographics? Yeah, for sure. Um, So at the moment, 40% of the clients are within the age bracket of 18 to 24. So most of the time we're we're seeing that it is young people using the chatbot and something that they're familiar with. So it's valuable information and it's good to see that it's working and it's effective. Great. Thank you, Chris. So, um, Vasily, what would you say to our listeners who are worried that their vulnerable clients may be left behind because they don't have the literacy skills for or access to technology to take advantage of of, uh, these tools like NALA? That's actually a really good question. It's worth keeping in mind that 44% of adult Australians lack the literacy necessary for everyday life. We're acutely aware of digital exclusion, which disproportionately impacts those living in poverty. And it's really important to recognise that you know, Nala's not the panacea and that those options, the walk-ins or, or the, the telephone calls, you know, those options will always be available. So what Nala does do two is provides an option at the end of session, you know, for a client to speak to a lawyer, which Chris touched on earlier. And, and that's really important. So even if they do use that and they find, look, that's, um, 
you know, I'd still like to speak to someone, that option's there. And and I think that's important because often clients just want to be heard. And as good as a chatbot can be, such as Nala, I think Nala's pretty good. It just can't beat that human connection that you get with a face-to-face appointment. And, and that's especially the case for you know, vulnerable client groups. It's really important that they have that option. And I think that's something we need to keep in mind with all digital solutions or digital options is they shouldn't be a replacement for that. They should complement, but they shouldn't replace. Yes. So what is your vision for the use of technology like NALA in the legal assistance sector? Um, well, look, Nala is just another piece in the puzzle that gets us closer to delivering on our centre's vision, which is access to justice for us all. Technology such as Nala, it can help, but it isn't a silver bullet. And I don't think there is a silver bullet. And so it's, it's really about just you know, adjusting different levers, creating options for clients. You don't want to sort of force people down a particular path that they're not comfortable with. The other thing too is that there's just incredible information out there. You know, the internet's full of brilliant, but it's, it's kind of get lost in a maze. And so we just need to be smarter about how we create that nexus and take that information you know, and consolidate it, put it into a forum, which is just easy to access, easy to understand for our community. So, Chris, what about you? What's your vision for the use of technology? Well, it's very similar to Vasilis and, and as you touched on, you know, Nala is one piece of the technological puzzle. It really does like assist clients with the capacity to resolve their issues without direct legal assistance and really allows organisations like ours to rededicate resources uh, and time to more vulnerable clients who wouldn't have access to these systems or, or wouldn't have the tech literacy to use them and really focusing on priority matters and things that are critical. It's a another channel for the public to speak to our centre and it's really giving people options and that's really where the value is, is that you want to provide people with as many options to contact our centre as possible so that there is no wrong door and really it aligns with their preferences and some people may be comfortable reading fact sheets and guides online and other people may just prefer to speak to someone in person. Really, we're giving them those options. It's not forcing them to choose any one of them. It's saying these are the ways in which you can speak to our centre. Please use whichever one you feel is appropriate. And what something like NALA does is it really streamlines that intake process and it effectively records information from clients directly from clients, gets their overviews and what they think, their contact details, and it does it the same way every single time. And what that means is that we can then use that to either facilitate referrals or send them into one of our clinics or requesting callbacks from our tenancy services and all the information is the same and we can get a very high level view of what their matter is identify urgencies and really kind of address the inquiries that are urgent first and then move through the priority list yeah and that really does drive some amazing efficiencies so just looking at it from that angle with that one point of entry uh, the data's collected consistently it really just strips away all of the double handling and it just frees up so many more resources for us to do this sort of critical um, you know, and complex work that, uh, that our lawyers and advocates really want to do. Yeah, and even just connecting us to other services. So part of the tenancy topic is at the end of the session, they put in their postcode and if they are not within our geographical catchment, then it will identify what relevant tenancy services they are uh, eligible for. And what it does is then it asks them for their consent to facilitate a referral to that service. And then it generates an email with all of their information if they consent and then sends it to that relevant tenancy service. Thank you both for your time today. I really appreciate your contribution to this episode of our podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Okay, so now I'm going to chat with Jason Teo. Hi, Jason. 
Hi, Carrie. So, Jason, what is your role at Marrickville Legal Centre? So I work as a solicitor at Marrickville Legal Centre. I work in kind of two different units. Um, I work with the youth legal service, but I also go out to court with the duty lawyer service. What we do as the duty lawyers is we assist people with things like traffic matters, domestic violence matters, uh, kind of the more minor criminal matters that legal aid will not assist with because there is no risk that the person will end up in jail. And were you involved in the building of NALA? Yes, I was involved in uh, preparing those fact sheets, working on questions that clients may ask when using NALA and uh, the possible responses. And what has the response been to NALA by your clients? Um, Well, the response has been really, really good. So before we had NALA, many clients who rang us up for advice would have no clue what was going on. They didn't know what the process was. They didn't know what their options were. But with NALA, some of the information would be given to them beforehand in the form of fact sheets. Some clients, after reading the fact sheet, they realize that they don't really need legal advice. They're happy to deal with the matter on their own. With other clients, they may read the information. They may still have some follow-up questions. And what NALA is able to do is to assist the client with booking in a telephone advice of one of the lawyers where we can kind of clarify the information that has been given and address any follow-up questions the client may have. And so are you seeing better outcomes for those clients in the court? Yes, of course. So the most important thing with going to court, for example, is preparation. So what someone says in court may not have the full impact if it's not supported by documents or evidence, just to make it clearer. Now, someone who uses NALA beforehand would have been able to prepare those documents for court. So when they are in court, everything is ready to go. The matter could be finalized on the same day without further delays or without the matter being adjourned to a different date to enable the person to complete, say, the traffic offenders course. Yeah, so that helps with not taking up so much of the court time as well. Absolutely. So the matter gets resolved. And you know how court is like as well. It can be very, very stressful on some of the people who attend. For many of the clients we see, they've never been to court before. So the whole experience is terrifying. And if they have to go to it twice, and if we can reduce that to once rather than twice, that makes a lot of difference to them. So thanks, Jason. So what is your vision for the use of technology like NALA in the legal assistance sector? I guess the value of using a bot like NALA is that a lot of people with kind of very kind of the more minor stuff where they're really after information more than advice, they can use the bot, they can get information pretty much straight away rather than having to be booked in for an appointment that reduces the congestion in community legal centers by using a bot like NALA. That also frees up some of our resources to deal with kind of the more complex uh, matters for us to assist individuals with more complex needs, such as people whose first language perhaps is not English or clients who may suffer from a cognitive disability or cognitive impairment. Thanks very much for fitting us into your busy schedule today. I know you've been at court all day. So um, once again, thanks again for your time. You're most welcome, Kerry.
I'm now speaking with Judy Archer from the Legal Aid New South Wales Client Services team about the new guided pathway looking at traffic offences. So hi, Judy. Hi, Kerry. Uh, Judy, what is your role in the client services team at Legal Aid New South Wales? Yes, so I'm one of the senior project officers in the team, in the client services team. So our unit basically has a program of work where we're kind of aiming to achieve an outcome where we're providing high quality targeted services that meet our clients' needs. And you've been responding to a whole range of feedback from clients about that need. So we had sort of feedback along the way, including those that, you know, might live with higher levels of disadvantage. Like also wanted the option of good digital channels that they can access to find solutions for some of the problems that they're experiencing. And the reason that we decided settled on, I guess, low-complexity traffic offences as an appropriate topic to develop an online resource for, is that they have traditionally made up a significant proportion of our legal aid advice services, but primarily, in most cases, certainly for the minor traffic offences, it really entailed lawyers repeating often what was straightforward procedural information. So, we thought that that might be a good topic to start with. Okay. And who was involved in building the Traffic Offences Guided Pathway? Yes, so we worked with an external vendor who built the structure of the tool, but they could only do that, of course, with the, you know, expertise of not only our lawyers, but also our clients. So, we co-designed the tool with our lawyers and our clients. So, we had little like working groups and um, along the way, and we did, you know, user testing. So, it was a real collaborative effort between our lawyers and clients. And how are the guided pathways now being built into the client experience when they contact uh, Legal Aid New South Wales for help? Yes, so how we've primarily built it in is through the application of a triage logic that we're using. And our triage model is really designed to ensure that our most disadvantaged clients get prioritised for assistance. So, if someone contacted us with a low-complexity traffic matter, we firstly establish that they're not a priority client and also we'd establish that they're able to help themselves. And so, that's the way in which we would primarily refer callers to try using our guided pathway. So, of course, if a caller, you know, was one of our priority clients or wasn't able to help themselves, then we would be booking them in for some advice. So, what's been done to promote it other than the triage that you just spoke about? Yeah, so for us, like this was the development of this online like resource was a, a new venture for us. And so we've had a number of campaigns to promote the tool since it was first developed. Those include our triage process, as I've sort of just spoken about. We've also done some social media promotion. We've promoted through CLCs. Law access has, of course, been another key touch point. And the other areas that we're kind of exploring too are promoting through other external organisations, so Light Revenue New South Wales. I know that you spoke earlier about the triage and it's not everyone that you're um, suggesting use the guided pathways. Yes. But do you think there is a risk that people may be put off accessing legal services 
if they have to use a guided pathway before they get a service? Yeah, so I guess probably what's important to note our triage logic. So that's a real, very concrete safety net that makes sure that only people who aren't priority clients and are able to help themselves will be referred away, if you like, from our advice clinics to an alternative service such as the guided pathway. But the other thing just to kind of note, I suppose, is that we see the guided pathway as an alternative option for assistance and it's not a prerequisite for an advice service. So, we are obviously triaging in people who are disadvantaged and vulnerable and, and really need our assistance through seeing a lawyer. But the pathway also provides an alternative option because even if, you know, someone who is a priority client and let's just say they do have access to the internet and stuff and they may be a priority client for other reasons that are not to do with computer literacy or access, you know, to the internet. So, whilst we'd still see people like that for advice, they also have the option to look at the tool as well because sometimes it can actually help focus a discussion more with a lawyer as well if you've kind of worked your way through something and you think, oh, okay, so I can see that, yeah, I've got a particular question now about this or this aspect I don't properly understand, I do with these other things. So, you're kind of in a way, you're going in armed with a little bit of knowledge. What is your vision for the use of technology like guided pathways in the legal assistance sector? When people, you know, have access to these type of online self-help tools, that it will enable more people, I guess, to resolve matters for themselves and in their own time. And a bit of a flow-on effect from that also is that having access, you know, to online tools available like that can also help free up our advice clinic time for our more disadvantaged and vulnerable clients. So, it has that kind of benefit as well. And sometimes, like in particular, people living with a disability or they may reside in rural areas and those experiencing family violence, for example, they can get particular benefits from well-designed digital options. And basically, because it can increase their access to and control over the information they are seeking, where they can kind of do things at their own time in their own way. So, my final question, Judy, is what would you say to our listeners who may be worried that their vulnerable clients are being left behind because they don't have the literacy skills or, or access to technology? You know, I can understand that there could be a, a worry and, and a concern. And certainly the last thing that we do want to do is leave behind um, any vulnerable clients. So, that's why it's really good, I guess, that I can say that legal aid has taken some very specific and concrete steps to ensure that vulnerable clients who don't have the literacy skills or access to the technology to help themselves, that they don't get left behind. So, basically, like our duty, you know, under our Act is to help disadvantaged people throughout New South Wales and to make that help easily accessible. And that, of course, includes vulnerable clients who may have literacy issues or are unable to access technology for whatever reason. And the key tool, for want of a better word, I suppose, that really helps support us in that endeavour is our triage logic that I've spoken about because that logic really is designed to ensure that our vulnerable clients are prioritised to receive legal advice. Okay, well, thanks very much, Judy, for speaking with me today and helping our listeners understand the people behind the guided pathways being created by Legal Aid New South Wales. No problems and, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. 
I hope these interviews have increased your knowledge and confidence about the technology tools being developed by lawyers in New South Wales, which are accessible to anyone who wants to learn more about their legal problem. Both Marrickville Legal Centre and Legal Aid New South Wales said that these online tools like chatbots and guided pathways are not designed to exclude vulnerable and disadvantaged people from their services. Instead, they help to provide information and resources to enable people with legal problems to help themselves, to be more prepared when talking to a lawyer or representing themselves in court, or to be given access to the right legal service to suit their needs. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode and found it useful, please share it with your organisation, your colleagues and communities. If you would like to access any of the information spoken about in the episode, please see the links in the show notes below. Until next time, thanks from all of us here at the CLE branch at Legal Aid New South Wales.